Hey guys, before this episode begins, I just want to let you all know that I partnered with DAT Bootcamp to offer a 10% discount code on all Bootcamp products. While studying for my DAT, I found DAT Bootcamp to be the best resource during my preparation. Their extensive review videos and practice exams are second to none. Use code DOD10 at checkout for a 10% discount, applicable to all programs Bootcamp has to offer. Again, that's DOD10 at checkout. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Dose Dental Podcast. The focus of this podcast is to share undergraduate and dental school experiences of dental students and dental professionals through valuable discussions. Through sharing the journeys and stories of current dental students and dental professionals, our goal is to help you find answers and guidance for your own pre-dental journeys. I'm very excited to have Omi Kaksarfard, a current D2 Tufts University School of Dental Medicine student with me today. What's up, man? Welcome to the podcast. How's everything going? Well, first, thanks for setting this up. It's pretty cool. Uh, to be on here and so far so good you know um i feel like every year has its own challenges but you know d2 is heavily on the aspects of dentistry different aspects of dentistry so we're getting to learn the ins and outs of it and you know with the theory portion and the hands-on portion with lab so overall can't complain it's a dream come true and definitely enjoying it sounds good so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself like where you're from where you grew up like what you like to do fun yeah, so I'm born in uh, Toronto, Canada. Uh, I moved from Toronto to Northern Virginia when I was about like six years old. So I pretty much grew up in uh, Northern Virginia and did my undergrad uh, there in, in Richmond, Virginia, in the capital. But other than the school, you know, I, I definitely enjoy the gym, travel, stuff like that. I moved to Miami for my master's uh, and Miami was a really awesome experience for a couple of years there. And now ended up in Boston, but so far, you know, the journey's always been, you know, as you know yourself, like it's very academic based. So you, your life pretty much is around school and what cities you go to and stuff like that. But it's always nice to do some extracurricular stuff too. I wish you're, so, I bet you wish you're still in Miami right now. Cause I think the finals are there. Yeah, man, the weather here is, uh, yeah, the finals too. Yeah, <laughs> pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, it's an awesome, uh, atmosphere down there for the games, but, uh, you know, it's nice. It's you have to have a life. You know what I mean? Right. Do right. the main thing, the main thing, but you only as good you, know, you to really like, you know, gym or activities or hanging out with friends just to reset, refresh, and get back to work. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm just hit you with a question right now while we're at it, like the interview, right? So, yeah, why, why dentistry? Why'd you decide to go into this field? Honestly, I couldn't tell you why. Like, what started it, but um. No one in my family is like a dentist. I definitely didn't have any influence to be in this uh, field, but it's the only thing I've ever wanted to do, ever. And uh, I don't know why, uh, but at first it was just like a cool thing to do. You know, be a dentist in my mind, uh, it was interesting. And actually my younger brother and I grew up with two other brothers in a sense. We went to this, uh, you know, how some people have Sunday service. Well, I'm Muslim, so we went to like the school of Islamic Sufism, and one of the brothers was, you know, went from like being on the wrestling team to all these things to all of a sudden, you know, applying dental school and out of nowhere. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool, you know. And I was young at this, like I was, you know, starting high school, I think. So in high school, we had this class, junior year. It was called academy, and 
is diff there are different courses in the academy class, one of them being dental assisting. So I tried it out for one year. I went to a dental assisting class and, you know, I loved it. Uh, I was so like really involved in it. I used that experience to build a resume and I started assisting a pediatric office, not even assisting. I was a sterilization tech getting paid like $9 an hour, uh, sterilizing tools at a pedo office, right. uh, during like high school, you know, and then going into summer and I really enjoyed it. And from then on, I, I got to another assisting job in an oral surgery office and then a general office. And then I didn't stop working at dental offices. And um, that ignited my curiosity. And I felt like I found my why early. Like I found my love for this field early. And it's the only thing I ever wanted to do ever since. So all the steps taken from that moment were pretty much geared to reaching that moment of getting accepted in dental school you know because early on you really don't know the difficulty like especially in high school you don't know like you know you got to do things but you don't know how much energy and effort it takes right you don't know like how hard the biochemistries and the biology courses are the orgo is you don't know how hard that stuff is yeah. you don't know how difficult dat is and these are all challenges you know so but you know you want to be a dentist. You know this is your end result, and you gotta buckle in and do whatever it takes to get it. So that's the, pretty much the story. That's how it started, and um, and I always say go into like you know each step of the way later on. Yes. Yeah. So how long? How uh? So how long would you say you've been in you know the dental field, like working as a dental assistant, shadowing and stuff like that? Like from what age or you know how early on was that? So junior year of high school, I took a dental assisting class. That academy class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that year, got the resume down, built it, and ever since then. So, like a senior in high school, I've been working at offices. Yeah, you know. Um, but that's a short answer to your question. Yeah, I mean that's perfect. I mean, I mean, learning, knowing that you want to do it before you even start high, uh, start college, um, that already puts you like a step ahead of everybody else in terms of uh, you know, gearing your application, your your experiences during undergrad that way. So that's pretty awesome. So, uh, you know, let's, let's go into college a little bit now. So you, you want, you know, that you want to do dentistry, um, starting at freshman year. So what kind of experiences and what kind of, uh, how'd you kind of melt, start forming your application from freshman year? Like what kind of stuff did you start doing? What kind of classes did you know that you had to do well in and stuff like that? Honestly, it's look, the requirements and everything are the same across the nation. All right. We all know what we got to do. Yeah. Okay, there's a certain class you got to take, you got to take this exam, this DAT, and you apply. You know, you get your letters of recommendation, obviously, your personal statement, your shadowing, your all that good stuff. But application is an application, and that's great. But look, every person is extremely different. Everyone has a different story, different circumstances, different backgrounds. And it's honestly an unfair game, but it is what it is. For me personally, I was very, I never really went to parties ever until I went to undergrad. I never had like the amount of exposure to people and not that I was like antisocial. I was definitely not antisocial. It was just, you know, my parents were more conservative and that's the kind of household I've been raised in. So there were a lot of distractions freshman year, a lot of distractions. And I knew I wanted to be going to dental school, but I didn't know how to manage my time manage like my i didn't know how to prioritize because i was so i was so into 
the social aspect of college, to be honest with you, that I didn't really prioritize my academics. Right. Right. And I honestly was very naive to the fact that there are thousands of other students that are going to apply to dental school who, guess what, have four rows, have three nines, have three eights, have amazing DAT scores. And I found out, you know, I, I definitely... I'm a huge believer in what's meant to be. And at the right time, you know, I switched my attention and really buckled down. It was definitely late. You know, I definitely finished undergrad with like a 2.7. Like bottom of the bottom, man. Like both science and overall were in the 2.9 like and 2.7. Mm-hmm. Right? It was too late to change it. I even switched to business like junior year and then switched back to biology because business track would like delay my graduation i I wasn't trying to delay graduation i want to finish four years and get out of there so and that's where you know i looked into different options and and went from there Mm -hmm. i mean that's pretty interesting so uh you know you were working you were still working throughout college right were you still working as dental assistant throughout college too or or just kind of going off or no no yeah when i went looking back even though my grades weren't great, it wasn't like I was wasting my time, to be honest with you. I was in offices every summer, right? And not only that, but every summer I got a better opportunity with more responsibilities, right? At the end of the whole dental assisting like career that I had, it got to a point where prior to me even coming into uh, Tufts, I landed like two big jobs. One was like being a marketing manager for a brand new office, setting up their whole marketing system. And the other one was a great opportunity to work in a lab, you know? So every summer since 18 years old, I've been in offices, getting that patient interaction, getting that touch, that feel for different procedures. I was working in pedo heavily, doing profies, scalings, taking bite wings, taking panos. You know, it's not my first exposure to mouths. Like, Coming to dental school is not my first time working in the mouth. Uh, so, you know, when clinics coming up in a couple, in a, less than a month now, I've already sort of bre- broken that ice. You know what I mean? And there's so many things that we don't know as pre-dents. There's so many things. Like once you're across the line, there's so many things you don't, you realize you don't know. And my largest like piece of advice, to be honest, is get exposed to offices as much as possible. You know, make your rounds and Go learn, be curious. Because one, when you're when you're working from like 7 a.m. when the office opens to 7 p.m., long days, yeah. nonstop patients, you get home and you ask yourself, like, is this really for me? Like, do I want to spend these long days and like give it my all every single day for the rest of my life in this career? You know what I mean? Right. So getting like shadowing and and then also you develop some crazy awesome mentors. We're talking about like if you're working for a multi-million dollar practice, you know, there's a there's a leader behind that. And you become close to that person, you work for that person, and you start learning and getting advice from that person. And that person ends up being your mentor and you keep those connections. So it's not just building relationships, write my letter of recommendation and buy. Like, no, that's not a relationship. You gotta you develop some great relationships who also let you write your letters of rec for the application process, but help you along the way too, you know. So I can't stress enough, like working prior to coming to school is awesome. It's like one of the best uh, investments one can make. 
to be honest. Because ultimately, if you think about it, man, grades are great. Of course. But any dentist is like they're known, their reputation is built off of the work that they do off their clinic. And I've met with like some of the, we have some of the great, uh, really good instructors here for the business aspects of things. And they tell me all the time, like your business can be amazing, your foundation, everything can be set. But if you don't back it up clinically, oh, yeah, doesn't mean anything. Of course. You know what I mean? So it's highly important. Mm hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, you bring up a really good point about the eight to, or the seven to seven thing, right? So, I mean, I, I work in an office and, um, you know, we have eight to seven days. So like 11 hour days, four days a week. Um, and like, you don't know how dedicated you are to the field until you hit like five, six o'clock. You're like, damn, it's been a long day. And then you see all these patients go by and you're just like, when like the really big extraction procedure that was at like 9 a.m. becomes like a blur to you. That's like when you gotta just think about like, damn, I'm I'm really in this, and like that's where you start to like test your love for dentistry. That's how, like, if, if you're if you're one of those people that like can can get to five o'clock, but you just start kind of burning out and you just don't like want to be there anymore, that's like when you gotta reevaluate your things because you gotta have like you got yeah, yeah. you're look the whole like saying about love what you do. Yeah. Honestly, this is not like people don't. I feel like, oh, love what you do, love what you do. But like everyone says, love what you do. But when things get tough, when things get like days are long, assignments are, projects are difficult, you're failing, you're not, you know, doing what you like, producing what you want to produce, you're not accomplishing things the way you thought you wanted to, like get them done. You're, you're being tested every single day. Your patience is being tested, everything is being tested. And to get up every single day and keep that level of enthusiasm, enthusiasm to learn, not being tired, not, you know, going to like rotation or all these classes that we have and coming out early or not wanting to be here. I think people quickly forget once they're accepted to school that once upon a time you were praying to be here. You really wanted it badly. And now that you're here, you've sort of lost the word yeah. of what it means to be here. Because you're very privileged to be here and you're very lucky, not lucky, but like you're in a great position that a lot of people wish they were in. You know what I mean? Thousands of people. Thousands and thousands of people a year are applying yeah. to be in these schools and we're the lucky few to make it. Of course. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and ultimately even past all this, and this is like very important that I think people got to think about. It's when you're have a, when you have a love for something like how come you don't get you know name the like something you love to do let's say like video games how come you could sit there for hours with yeah. full enthusiasm and literally like play xbox or playstation or whatever you know people are playing how come you can do that but you are tired when you do something you're setting your life to like your your whole dedication of your life to something right it's that same mentality like you got to be in something that you really enjoy you don't get tired doing because that curiosity, that energy will make you the best at what you do. It's that love, it's that drive that gets that you wake up every single day, give it your all and become better and better each and every day. And I honestly love what I'm doing. I really, really do. I will do this for free. Uh, and I'm not just, I really would do what I do for free. When D1s come in, I love giving them my time if they need it for projects regarding like operative or hands-on. 
I mean, I'm so happy that I took the time to really see if this was for me because I've been in offices for so long and day in and day out seeing patients, difficult cases. And as a dentist, you don't have time to have a dull moment. You're dealing with like human beings. You're dealing with cases. I mean, one little slip of a hand, one is that's unacceptable. You can't have that stuff. So these are all things that one needs to take in consideration. But as a pre-dent, you're so stuck with the requirements and the grades that you forget. You forget like the the magnitude of how much the other things really weigh. Right. 100%. You know what I'm saying? 100%. So everyone's smart here. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't get here because, you know, everyone's smart. Everyone is manageable to have their grades, but very few have the skills to be like where they need to be. You know, mm-hmm. um, and it's and it's crazy. The one field, like this, is a, a career with all hand skills, right? It's heavily on the hands, yeah. on the eye for detail, on the uh, diagnosis, but it all comes together. It's an art. There's so many balls to play with. Like you're juggling a lot of different things, but in the application process, they never once test you on your skills with your hands. Never. So people find out how they really are yeah. when they enter school. And guess what? It's a little bit too late because you're already 150000 in the hole or $100,000 in the hole and there, you can't really go back at this point. Yeah. And it's extremely discouraging. So take the time. Take the time to find out if this is really for you. Right. I think the, the biggest thing that I have on application, I just finished the application like a couple of days ago. I submitted everything, whatever. But Congratulations, the, that's big. I know. It's... It feels weird because I feel like more so I have to go back and like add something else or like double check it again. But that's just a part of the process, I guess. But um, they just have the one question, like, what are your manual, de- like what, you know, the, man- the manual dexterity question they have. That's kind of like the only thing that they use or that they have about you, about your hand skills. I feel like that you look, in my opinion, it's very unfortunate that there is no physical testing center or something that tests a student's hand skills to come in because yeah. it is. Well, it's, it's, there's nothing like it, right? Nothing can replicate a student picking up a handpiece and drilling and creating beautiful work. Yeah. And there's so much that goes behind dentistry that as an assistant, you'll never understand because you're not knowledgeable enough. You don't know what to look for. You don't have a mentor or a teacher that's spending time and teach you things. You know what I mean? You're there as an assistant or you're literally like standing in the corner and shadowing. Yeah. And because of COVID, you know, they cut down those shadowing hours too for obvious reasons, you know? So this is a huge part of of, of everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. And in every class, you know, whether it's all like 200 kids like us or 60 kids, I mean, that's still, you know, there's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, the downside of the application, I believe, but ultimately again it goes back to why it's important to get exposed early on yeah you know what i mean and that's actually very important to get into arts and crafts or things that test your hand skills and your eye for detail and i mean that's very very important because subconsciously you have these skills that start coming to the surface when you start working on like your operative one class or operative two and so on and so forth right i mean i wish the dat i mean they, they have the pat section but i feel like it's not it's nothing. Not it's nothing compared to like what nothing. 
an actual dental student. <laughs> like, because I mean, I, when I was studying, I would sit there like on DT bootcamp and just look at the like what I'm doing and just step back for a second. I'm like, what what exactly is counting cubes on all these sides going to do for me in the future? Exactly. Like, I'm not really physically using like indirect vision or something like that on a test, right? So, 100%. Like, so we, yeah, we did indirect vision. It's, it's you're right. Yeah. Right. Hundred percent. It's like not on on the on a test like that when you really just start studying and stuff. You're just kind of stepping. And you're like, what? What is? I feel like I'm just checking off a box for them. You know what I mean? Just just 100%. so you can just so they can compare to other people and make a decision that way. But oh, look, like we said, a lot of people apply, and these are different ways that they filter out people. Yeah. This is like how many? I know so many friends of mine who even in undergrad quit pre dental because of organic chemistry one. Or organic, organic chemistry too, or the DAT they couldn't pass, or whatever. You know, these are, just, these are just ways to filter out people. I mean, that's why they're in place. You know what I mean? And and it's a test to obviously test your knowledge for basic sciences, but ultimately, not you know, not everyone can. So, I mean, so yeah. So I mean, let's talk a little bit about uh, how you kind of tackle all these things. So, you know. So can you give us a little t like a, a timeline of you know when you took the DAT and then when you kind of went about getting letters of rec, for example, personal statement? Where did you kind of place all these important things to get in dental school during undergrad? Yeah, so let's run it. Let's run it back. Honestly, like when I even started making content, I did it because I was googling and sorry, I was YouTubing, trying to find people who were in the same spot as I was. Right. 2729 low GPA undergrad is it still possible honestly basic question is it possible zero like things out there people were just talking about like 24 26 22 like all right cool not relatable I graduated 2017 from undergrad all right like I said I had a really low GPA low again 29 2.7 in 2017 like I'm very hard-headed and very like optimistic. So I was like, it's fine. I'll counteract it with my DAT. <laughs> like, so apply with a low GPA. I have a great resume. I have good letters of recommendations. I have, you know, assisting hours. Everything else is like great, except for the grade. But <laughs> so it was like May of, um, it was May of 2017. Like I took uh, later on that summer, like July, I took my DAT. I got a 16 on it, right? PAT, I did like great. Like it was like 24. Um, took it again. PAT 26, sciences 16. So then I was like, all right, I gotta literally have one more shot at the DAT. Not one more, you could take it more than three times. Honestly, if you request, you can. But you know, three times, already took it twice. What do I do? I'm, I felt like I wasn't going anywhere. Okay. At this point in my life, I was very, I was still working, but I was very focused on the exam and what I needed to do. I applied to 30 schools, by the way, like I graduated, applied to 30 schools without the DAT, with the grades I got from undergrad, very optimistic, took the DAT, did awful. So like got zero acceptances, took the DAT again, 16. All right, now what do I do? Through like some talking, I found out about, um, and that was also like a very hard time in my life, man. Honestly, like this is the only thing I've ever wanted to do and it's not happening. You know what I mean? And it's very discouraging. And it wasn't like really a, it was a very hard time for me, but you know what? So what? 
you got to find a different like option. I, I always believe if like one door is not opening, let's try another one, right? Mm -hmm. Or let's keep knocking. So I found out Barry's biomedical master's program. And this is where I started like sharing my story and sharing, you know, like when I watch content, I want someone to tell me what the situation is and what's the answer. Yeah. Like, don't just talk. Like, what, do I, what do I have to do? So biomedical master's program. Okay, bet. Like there was other things like um, these other programs around my hometown, like, I, you know, George, uh, Georgetown or, or GW, but they were master's programs. Right. And Barry, their reputation, like their stats were legit. Like 60 kids a year were going to dental schools from the same backgrounds as I was. So I applied. Long story short, I applied. I got waitlisted because my grades were so low. Yeah. And I just called. I called and called. And they were like, listen, literally she calls me. She's like, Omid, we have your application. We'll let you know by like this date in July. If you get accepted, we know you're interested, whatever. I was like, okay. You know, God willing, I got in. I was the last, like, I got in and I completely was, even I was going to Miami, you know, a city could be very distracting, but I was locked in, bro. I was like, this is the last opportunity. If I don't get through this, we're not going to, you know, yeah. it's not going to happen. So got all A's, kept on pushing, got the A after A after A. And I'm not saying that to like, you know, brag about it. I'm saying that because you, I, it's possible. Like whoever watches this, who's in the situation, if you really switch your mind and prioritize and well, I'm in Northern Virginia and that was the first time, like when I, I literally put my clothes in my car with my dog and I drove to Florida with no apartment. School started in a week and a half. Oh, yeah. And it was the first time where I started, I actually like, cried leaving because I've never taken such a risk in my life this big, going to a school where I don't know if I'm going to get in because nothing's guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed. I have nowhere to live. I'm going to figure everything out, but it was a huge move. You know, it wasn't like easy. Yeah. But even more like that pressure, I, I love pressure. Like, I'll take pressure any day. Like I love it because I thrive in it. And when your back's against the wall, you either got to make it or you just break. Right. And I'm not here to like break. Yeah. So I got the grades locked in, got everything good, took the DAT again in like 20, um, I think 19. And my third DAT attempt from a 15 went to a 16. Well, devastating. <laughs> and I was like, the tried boot camp. I tried like different programs, and the program I took was actually very good. Like it was very helpful. It was just it wasn't in my favor, you know. But because my GPA, I, my master's program, was so high, the admissions committee, especially here at Tufts, because they a lot of it, and people should know this. Like at Barry, people uh, admissions directors come to the school in person, and you have meetings with them, so you actually get to know the person from the beginning. And they get to grow with you in a sense. You keep them updated. They really care. You know what I mean? And the director here, Dr. Casberg, you know, and he really believed in like in, in me. He really believed in my potential. And last thing he told me was, Omid, you're going to get this interview. Just, just don't let us down. Don't let me down. And I was like, you got it. I got the interview, got accepted. And it was like a full circle moment, bro. Like uh, during the white coat ceremony, he came up, talked to my parents and, you know, and I try to represent myself and my school 
the best way I can. You know what I mean? And, uh, but overall, it was a very long process, a lot of obstacles, but like we were talking about earlier, you're going to be tested mm-hmm. and either you're going to go through and figure this stuff out, or you're going to be like, this is too much for me. And this is not my path, which is completely fine. Right. That's hundred percent fine. But I just believe if you want to really be the best at anything in this world, not my mom always has like has told me nothing in life is ever easy. Nothing great in this world will come easy. Right. And um, I really want to make an impact in my field. I really want to be the best at what I do. And that like mentality, you know, of always of not being good enough, like academically. And also working hard and always, you know, wanting to push to the next level because of my curiosity and my drive. Like, I really think that's in everyone. That's 100% every human being and everyone is capable. It's just we limit ourselves and we're, or we're scared or we're fearful. So you name it, man, I've experienced it with this path, at least, with coming into the next school. And now... I mean, God's so great, man. Like I'm at the, one of the most competitive schools, one of the best clinical schools in 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 the country, mm-hmm. like hands down. So, um, so that's the like, whole gist from the beginning to at least right now. <laughs> that is that is insane. I mean, like, like just driving, like you don't you don't even know where you're gonna live down there, and you just you're just kind of just taking it as it goes, just just to get like to get into dental school. Which just, is, to, just to get like, the I mean, I mean, it, <laughs> it'd be one thing if it's like, um, like if you're already, if you're a dentist already and you know where you're gonna go, but like you're just you're just walking off off a cliff right now, basically with your dog. Oh, hundred percent was a blind fate. That's I'm a huge man of faith, man. I think like whatever's meant to be will be, but you also gotta you know work for it. You can't just create a guy like God, oh, give me this, give me that, or right. you gotta work for it, you know. And now in you know now in dental school. That mentality, because you've been through so many hurdles, continues with you. Hundred percent, it continues. Like nothing phases me. Yeah, nothing is hard. Nothing ever is hard. You're just not good enough. Yeah. So, so get good. (laughs) You know what I mean? Honestly, we're not at that level. Like every in dental school, every week, if not every day, we're learning something new. Right. No exaggeration. And guess what? In the beginning, you're like, like right now I left lab. I'm, I was extremely frustrated because I didn't get like the result of what I wanted yeah. in, on this project that I want to co- accomplish. But it's okay because that's, I've had that feeling before and we're going to figure it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you got to keep pushing. Right. And personally, like I could either settle for average work, average preclinical work, but that I'm not average. I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how, like, we got to think, you know? That's like what dental schools want. They want someone who's not going to break. You know what I mean? Like, they want someone who's gone through, gone through things and, like, they've been able to overcome them. And just, when you see something that, I guess in your case, like, when you see them that's it's been harder than, like, doing, like, a practical or something, then you, you know that you can do it. Like, when you've experienced it like that. Yeah, I mean... I'm just happy that, you know, like I said, like Dr. Kasberg at the time, like I'm just happy one. He told my parents, all it took was one person. And I told him straight out, I was like, if it wasn't because of you, I wouldn't even be here. Mm -hmm. Well, it just took one person to bring bring me in. And that's like with anyone. It takes one opportunity, one person, one acceptance between like, 
you accomplishing this and you not. And that all has to do with, well, they're rejected from multiple schools many years in a row. Yeah. So when someone calls me, it's like, oh, I've been like, you know, didn't get accepted this cycle. Like, so what? Honestly, like the next cycle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like honestly, like, but like getting get it, you know, hopefully I get it. But you know, in the case, I think I would see it as like an opportunity to even to get even better. Because you have another whole year to just just keep on <laughs> going, bro. How much do you want it, bro? How much do you want exactly. it? <laughs> if you don't want it, if you really don't want it, you'll stop. You'll just do something else. You can do something else. Hey. But in like you took the DT like what best three times total or four times? Oh, I've been in school all together for ten years when I graduated with ten years. And that's crazy. Like DT three times, about to be a fourth. I signed up. Mm-hmm. But I signed up and they accepted me a month before I was about to take it. I was I was not playing with you. I spent thousands of dollars on DAT material, thousands of dollars on the exam itself, thousands of dollars for the master's program, all to mm-hmm. like stuff is cheap man. either. So it's not cheap, but you know what? Like you got to figure out a way and you got to be co- completely committed. Yeah. You got to be like your life, those parties, your friends are not like understanding what you're about. You only know what you're about and you got to do what's best for you. So we're talking about like very like mature things at a young age. So it's very difficult to, you know, and don't tell me age is a factor because it's not. Our class to average age in Tufts is 24 to 26 years old, like more than 26 side. So you just have to keep on pushing, keep on doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like those are the those are the people, the people that are like reaching 26, those are the people that have more, they've seen more, more stuff in their life. And those are the people who are they're, they're battle tested. They're seasoned. You know, they're yeah, seasoned yeah, yeah. and they mature. They know what they want. Yeah. So we've had like we have women that have, you know, gave birth in our class. We have fam- like people who have families. We have people in their forties, right? Like there is no excuse. If you really love it, you're gonna get it, and it's just a matter of the right time. That's why, even in dental school and life, never compare, never look at your next door neighbor because it doesn't matter. Their life is completely separate, and their path is completely separate than yours. Mm-hmm. We're destined for something completely different than they are, right? And that's something super. Like in, in the pre-dental community, bro, like comparison is the first step towards. I'm sorry. It's it's stupid. Devastation. Yeah. It's, it's completely stupid to ever you. talk about your grades with anyone, to compare your grades thinking you're better or worse. It's the most idiotic thing ever because guess what? Now looking back, I don't even, who cares about, I don't even remember these conversations anymore. Like who cares? Yeah. You know what I mean? Matter. No, Ooh, nothing matters. You're so busy and doing your own thing and building your own life and career. Like, none of this matters. Yeah, I know. It doesn't. But guess what? At that stage, you're so caught up in it, you think it does, right? Mm-hmm. So it's important to have a clear mindset and the right mentors and the right people around you, honestly. And sometimes that requires to let go of people that you have been with in order to make room for new ones mm-hmm. to get you to where you need to be. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, all it takes is one. So, I mean, even in my case, like I had, uh, you know, one doctor, we reached out over social media actually, and I still work at his practice to this day. Like just him, dude, on on Long Island. So it's just like, I mean, I could have reached out too, but the fact that he had a social media account and then I reached out to him and then he reached out back and then we just kind of went back and forth and now I'm working at his practice. It's just, and then now I'm meeting all the other doctors that work there. It's just like a domino effect from one person. Well, so, keep like these relationships 
whoever's watching this as well who goes to offices and shadows and stuff keep the relationships open keep in touch because you never know what can happen later on you never know why you met that person and what it can bring later on in the future so i think the skill of is a huge maturity as well like keeping relationships open you know with um individuals that have impacted and helped you along the way like your mentors and different job opportunities like you're talking about because you never know you graduate guess what you might you know, want to work in a place that you already are familiar with. Yeah. That is a great mentor can teach you and excel you in your skills. So, mm. you know what I mean? That's important. And I mean, like, I guess the thing is that you never know who somebody knows. So, like, you know, you never want to burn bridges when you're leaving somewhere. Also, you don't want to, you know, if you're shadowing as a pre-dental, um, they know that you're there to get hours at some point, right? They know that. Yeah, like, listen, these guys are not dumb no they're they're not dumb and they can tell someone they can tell the difference between a student who really is about this craft mm -hmm. and someone who's just trying to fill up some hours yep 100 and they will know who to give their energy and really give you like deeper information because you know a master never gives all the secrets away yeah. <laughs> they'll give you some, some things well, you got to create your own, you know, art. Mm -hmm. They make you do the tools, but they won't tell you how to use them properly because that takes years of mastery. But if you got a really passionate person, a kid who really wants it, that's so evident. It shows that they're here for more than the paycheck, more to just like the application purposes are here because they really are interested in this art and this field. And that's completely different. You know, those, those are the kids that will come back after they've applied to dental school. After they've done all these, all these things, like those are the kids that really want. One hundred percent, man. And during dental school, guess who? You need advice. You call. You make a phone call. Right, right off the bat, they'll be there for you. Exactly. You know, that's amazing. Not a lot of people have that. You know what I mean? And overall, I think that you really need to build an internal self confidence in who you are, mm -hmm. and you got to stay true to that because, and you you shouldn't change that when you come to dental school. You understand what I'm saying? Like when you yeah. come stay true to who you are and your heart and your principles and don't get affected by everyone else's energies and what they're doing. You know what I mean? Because you're not going to be friends with everyone in the file. It's impossible. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But you stay yeah. true to who you are and what you're about. And that because that's what got you here. And that's what people love about you. Right. Don't be apologetic. Right. Do the right thing. Bring that energy every day. Don't be apologetic and be true to who you are. And that will get you really, really far here. No, for sure. But um, I guess the biggest hurdle for pre-dentals now is that because like the DAT preparation stuff is getting so advanced, like the scores are going up, the GPAs are going up. Right. It every, is. Every, every, dude, every, every, it's like, I think for this cycle, I've been looking at the, the, the averages now, they're like 21s or maybe last for the last class, but like 2021s, maybe 22s for some schools. I know like Harvard would be like 24. Columbia's like 24. So everyone is kind of feeling more pressure to do better and to like get over this. Because I think before the, 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 the general consensus was like, okay, the average is like an 18 and 19. I think it's still there, but like everything's going up and everyone's actually getting more clinical experience. People are assisting a lot more. People are shadowing a lot more. So I think the biggest thing for pre right now is to not get sucked in to um, 
being like every thinking they're, they're thinking that they're like everybody else. Um, I guess like staying true to themselves. I think people are now trying to check more boxes off because they think that's going to separate them more. Um, I don't know what you see, but that's kind of what I've been seeing lately. And I'm not sure, you know, in a couple of years, it might even be even more crazy at the competition and all that. So honestly, that's insane. It, it's it's getting it's I think a key score to shoot that high is is a lot of pressure it's crazy that's a lot of you know it's funny and no disrespect to any like like i love i don't know i feel like i i would never like even for like i would never say something that i haven't been through mm. and i would because i don't like to do that i always to talk about things that i haven't like walked the walk you know what i mean yeah of course even like with my work on like Instagram that I post and like the operatist or just the hands-on stuff I do, I never post it without getting like it run through the professors and you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's not just, that's why I post the grade on it too. It's just to show like, I don't think it's just whatever, you know, it's acceptable. But I think that's the beauty of the master's is because you take yourself away from this ocean of applicants mm -hmm. and you're more into like a pond. Yeah. A pond that has a lot more attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. That people from these schools are coming to get to know you a bit more than just an application on paper. Cool. Like personally, just by my grades, I wouldn't have been here. It took someone to get to know me and know my, I did, obviously there were grades as well. I mean, but there was a relationship there right? with the backing up of my grades and my application. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great here. Yeah. Not, honestly, <laughs> like to be honest with you, it's, it's doing, it's doing, it's doing great. I love where I am. And so you can't get caught up with the grades. The grades are there. The test scores need to be there for a certain reason because a lot of people are trying to go to dental school nowadays. A lot. They don't want, they don't like the med life. They don't want to work those long hours. They want to have a life outside of the profession. And dentistry is one of the most appealing medical professions in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like it's definitely honorable to be in this profession. It's a, it's it's dope. You know, it's awesome. And but regarding the exam scores, if you got it, great. You know, if you can get it, that's awesome. Right. But more than that, it's important to know the things that we're talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't get lost with just checking off boxes and yeah. filling out requirements. You're not a robot. Yeah. You're a human being that adds a style to everything they do. You have your own personal touch and you definitely need to understand that. And I think more than anything, that why... That, that motor that runs you, that drive needs to be there because if it's not, you're going to quit when things get hard, when you don't get the exam scores you thought you would get. And guess what? These numbers don't define who you are. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you that. And never let a grade define who you are as a person. Unfortunately, as coming up as a kid, all we do are study hard for exam. If we get an A, we're happy. If we get an F, we're destroyed. Like that's how weak we've become to let a, a grade yeah. dictate our emotions. 
Mm-hmm. We're more than that. You know what I mean? And also, I think a huge piece of advice or insight, whatever you want to call it, to pre-dance, they got to understand the name of the school doesn't matter. You got to look at the clinical experience that that school gives. Yeah. You got to understand how great of professors they have there. And obviously, you don't know the behind the scenes. There's an extent to information you know. But look at the graduation rates. Look how many people from the school, from the undergrad, like the dental school, get jobs. What are the salaries looking like? What's the demographics they're working for? Because a lot of these schools, and I could name a bunch off the top of my head that undergrads would think are prestigious. They're heavily based in students like in or in students who one want to do specialty. So guess what? They're when you're in specializing, all you're worried about, even in elsewhere, are grades, 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 grades. Mm-hmm. So guess where you're spending less time in? Yeah. You're spending less time in your hand skills. You're spending less time in preclin. You're spending less time in clinic. You're worried about the OMFS exam. You're worried about applications again. You're worried about getting high grades, high grades, high grades. You're not investing in your hand skills. You're not investing in your diagnosis skills, your eye for detail. You're not getting the exposure you need yeah. to be ready to work in the real world. It's and true. never come into school set that you want to specialize. Don't do that. Because you don't know how hard the classes are yet here. And you don't even know anything about OMFS. I don't care if you've told me you've worked for a, an assistant. In OMFS. There's always those people. I worked in OMFS. My dad's in OMFS. So what? That's not you. Yeah. That's not you. You don't know where you stand academically in dental school. You don't know where you ha- stand with your hands. So you don't even know maybe if you would love to discover another specialty. Yeah. You might find you love something else in dentistry. Right. So setting expectations is the worst thing possible. Expectations and standards are different. If you're expecting something and it doesn't happen that way, you're extremely disappointed. But setting a standard for yourself that you as a person perform and want to give it your all in everything that you do, that's a contract you sign with yourself. And that's something that you can never let down on yourself because that's who you are. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So these are the little differences that one needs to understand. The prestigious names, maybe an undergrad, those names are you know prestigious. They have a history. They have great... Like When I was working at a restaurant before coming to school here, when I when people ask me what am I doing, oh, I'm going to Tufts Dental. I mean, I like the reactions I got were insane from strangers. Wow, this is you know that's like awesome. So to honestly, with the luck of the draw and like some, you know, I ended up at a great school, and but honestly, that wouldn't mean anything if I don't back it up. If I don't utilize what the school has to offer, 100%. every specialty in house, we have an amazing research department. And man, our like clinics, I mean, our patients that we see, the doctors that we have, the different residents that are here that are teaching us and guiding us and literally putting us in the best position possible for us to learn. And I'm not kidding at all. Like I'm not exaggerating. It's amazing. You know, and that's what I'm here for. And the money, that's another thing, money. It's so expensive. I do interviews for like kids in the in the breakout rooms for the and they ask me questions. And one of the biggest questions always is money. 
you know, for Tufts at least, or a school in Boston, yeah. you can't put a price on your career. This is like an investment you're making in yourself. You can't put a price on that. Yeah. Why would I want to go to a school that's not well, you know, really respected and doesn't really have the clinical, you know, history to back it up? Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, I don't know if you know, but I've seen it in my own eyes when I work in like a private high-end practice and we hire a new associate dentist. It didn't click back then, but it clicks now. Why there is a 90-day grace period of working because you're being tested. You're seeing how great not only your clinical skills are, your diagnosis skill, your people skills, how you present treatment, how you carry yourself, right. the aspects and approaches you take to things. There's so many things that dentistry involves. Yeah. You gotta be good and great. You gotta be great at all of them. Yeah. So go to a school that really gets you right, that really has the resources in place that you can go and ask questions and go see what, you know, add more to your bucket in a sense, invest in yourself. Right. So these are all important things to keep, keep in mind. And I think like even going back to the prestigious undergraduates th uh, thing, I watched a YouTube video the other day and this kid went to a community college for undergrad um, just because he had to, but uh, ended up getting to Columbia from an under, from a community college. So like where you go to undergrad doesn't really define where you're going to go for dental school. Like honestly, dude, honestly, like if I'm being honest, like going to a, a community college, I feel like they put you have more you might have an even greater focus than someone who goes to an Ivy League for undergrad because you're so much more motivated to do certain things and you like seek out opportunities. They probably even have like better faculty to mentor you and like get you through to where you want to go. hundred percent right. Undergrad where you go does not matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. Zero. Nah. It, all matters, that it matters on what you, what you get out of it. What you get out of it matters, but you can get that out of any school to be honest. Yeah. 100%. And, and if you're applying to dental school, guess what? It's a huge investment and you got to really understand where you're going. You want to be placed in the right position to succeed. You really do. So instead of so being so worried and caught up with the application, if you have the grade and you have everything in place and you're ready to shoot, aim for the great targets. Aim for places that you've done extensive research in. Reach out to students on social media like that are there, you know? And I listen, like I've been, I just told my whole story here, really. First generation, parents are immigrants, came from a family of zero doctors, been through hell and back academically, everything. You been through. Bro, I know how these people feel. Like I understand individuals who are in these positions and I have no problem ever giving like five or 10 minutes of my time. Well, that's the crazy part. I feel like any pre-dental can literally look at any of, I guess you were like a dental influencer. Are you considered like a dental influencer on Instagram yet? That's what they call them now. So I don't a dental student on Instagram. I am a dental like yeah, I mean people come up to me <laughs> and say what you just said, like an influencer. Yeah. But I don't see myself as informer. I I don't like I don't really let social I don't I don't do social media. I don't let it control me. I'm not doing it because of Cloud. Yeah. Like I said, I came to dental school and 
if you notice, the only thing I post on social media is dental. Originally, my work. Yeah, I saw that no dental student in the country, dental student in the country, post their work at no school. Daniel Life, that's that's great. No disrespect, like, that's cute. Uh, that's awesome. Like you're getting your Starbucks, you're going to your SimClin. That's awesome. But what are you producing? You know, I didn't like. Why aren't you posting your work? I don't know. But I love my work. I love the things that we are doing. I love dentistry as an art, and that's what I post. I post my work, and it just so happens that people enjoy seeing that and ultimately you know i took the not, not the risk or coming out of my comfort zone because i really have no shame of explaining my story explaining my grades and turns out there are a lot of people who feel the same way and it's great that you know i have been a part of their journey yeah you know and i that's awesome i think that's the biggest compliment i could ever get from someone is that i was part of their journey and i'm you know really humbled by that to be honest I mean, so I had that mentality with everything. You know, we we do work, we do our stuff, and then on to the next one, and on to the next one. I don't want to just be good at one thing. I want to keep that excellence, you know. And mm-hmm. when D ones come here and we meet, they're hungry as well, you know. And I would love to, and I love to like share that knowledge with them too. So on Instagram is cool. It's definitely awesome. I love content creation. Mm-hmm. Like now, I'm starting this whole new. You know, just reels back to back of just like, you know, asking dental students what people want to know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought that was pretty cool too. It's like insight. Cause I mean, that's just like direct to the point, right? It's not looking through someone else's like Instagram posts. It's just a person. Yeah, man. People really realize soon enough through the interviews because I'm going to do one every night. We got people from all backgrounds, all walks of life, all situations. Like this is not a far fetched like accomplishment. This is hundred percent doable, man. Mm. It's one hundred percent doable. And guess what? Now more than ever, actually, the admissions uh, team told us this before the pre dental day that we have once a year. Because of COVID and how they required all schools required less shadowing and less assisting. Now, on top of the grades expectation of the grades, they. Ex- are expecting high shadowing hours now and high experience because they Tufts really values that. I'm sure a lot of dental schools nowadays value that, but that's a huge. We want to build a sense of community where you do care about every things outside of dental school that you care about your community. Yeah, you know that you care about the underserved. You care about your you know experience, your exposure. So these all really do matter, mm-hmm. and. When you come into a new environment at school, hopefully, you know, this is an application process now. Students are going to start getting accepted into school. You cannot be like, I mean, you can if you want, but if you like want to, you know, really push it, you can't be like, all right, my job's done now. I'm here. Now let's just walk through these steps. No. Can't do that. And my mom, you know, she's told me again, she told me, this is just the beginning. You did all this. This is just the start. And like I say that, so we have a pre society at Stony Brook, and I, I always tell kids who like are asking like about the pre process of freshmen and sophomores, I'm like, the goal isn't really to get into dental school. Like the goal is to become a dentist in the future. So a lot of kids will just get into dental school and they'll just stop. They won't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know this. I'm not a dental school. Look, I think, I think 
Like, do you want to be great at what you do? Honest to God. Like, if we were to do this podcast, we're just talking. Did you, like, what, where is your mindset? Like, what is your expectation for, like, what's your standard for yourself? What, what do you, what's your vision, I guess? Is what oh, I'm for the, po- for like the podcast? No, for yourself. Oh, like myself. I mean, I, in this field, in this field, I want to become, like, I want to become a great dentist, but also become a great, like, patient. I want to have really good patient care skills because I realized through my experiences as a dental assistant, how important that is. Like, honestly, that's 50% of dentistry. Other 50% is physical. Oh, it's 75, if not 80% of dentistry. And you just hit it on the head. We're in the business of hospitality. Yeah. And that's one. That's exactly what my like life goal, honestly, is. Yeah. Is to not only clinically be excellent, but to also create an experience that is unforgettable for each and every one of my patients. Mm-hmm. Honest to God. And unfortunately, there are not a lot of people that have the hospitality aspect of things because not only do you have to be good with people, you got to communicate in ways where people understand, but you also have to create an environment where people are comfortable. Yeah. Trust you. And that's so, like, that's just like what interests me so much about dentistry. It's like an all-encompassing field. You got to you gotta bring a patient who's in pain or whatever discomfort, they're not happy with aesthetics. You got to not sell your treatment plan, but you have to like make them join you on this journey because you guys are on this journey together, patient and doctor, to fix them, fix their issues of wherever they are. Hundred percent, insane. Like it's it's such it's so much more. It is also very like hand skill based and stuff like that. You'll you'll get there if you really dedicate yourself to it. But the other side is you're saying you're not seeing a mannequin anymore, right? You're seeing a, a person who's like, and, and you gotta adhere to their needs and everything. So that's kind of what. It's so interesting about dentistry to me is that like, you know, when I wrote my personal statement, I wrote like I said, um, I want to be able, I want to be able to restore the oral cavity, but the oral cavity is also a, a vessel for dialogue. And that's where um dentistry becomes is why I love dentistry so much. So like and I see it every day. We well, you probably see it, you're probably gonna see it, you've probably seen it a lot. So um that's just what's insane to me. And uh that goes way farther than checking off a box or going to orgo two for a class or taking a test so that's yeah, just like it's look, crazy they're always you gotta have a vision but you also have to give it your all at what you have in front of you today to get you to the next step you have to have a vision of what you're aiming towards but you also have to be excellent in the little things yeah so when you excel at little things the littlest things being organized doing the work to the fullest your brain starts developing this what excellence looks like. And that all carries on to your patients. You know, waking up, having a routine, being clean, having a clean area, setting your bed, making your bed, washing the dishes, these little things. That's that's how little I'm talking about. Make why are you in a way where you're not going to take shortcuts and you really give it your all to everything you do. And that translates into your profession. Very true. The way you dress, the way you look, the way you smell, the way your clothes are is a representation of you at all aspects. Like people look at you and based on how you look and how you present yourself, that's a representation of your life, your work. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. At least that's how I think. That's my mentality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if one doesn't take care of all aspects of their life that I've been taught like by my parents, how are you going to have 
how like how are you going to be great at other things in your life if you can't make a simple like your bed or whatever the case may be right so these are all things that come in play and when you come in dental school it's academically people are different like playing fields 100% they are but overall no one's ever picked up a handpiece no one's ever been in clinic before so it's game on you know what i mean in a good way and yeah. yourself where you stand where you are and like you said you said something important like if you stick to it with the right guidance and we believe like tough they tell you like we believe in perfect practice we don't believe in just practicing you repeat this repeat the same thing over and over again and get the same result strive for perfection have the right guidance and also that ethic that work ethic and you stay at it and you can definitely be clinically like excellent you know what i mean so there's so many things you could talk about you know and but that's why i wanted to ask you early on what's the biggest thing right now that pre-dental like really worried about yeah. so but also one thing man like don't be set on a school either right keep your options open and because if they accept you at the end of the day you're going to be a doctor you know what I mean? Yeah. Every school is all that matters. Every school is going to get the degree if you get through it. So, yeah, man. You like the, the first person in class and the last person in class will be a doctor. Yeah. It's all like undergrad. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I'm things to keep in mind. Of course. And I think that's, you know, Predells might go to undergraduate school and the undergraduate school has a dental school associated with it. Um, and that's like from day one, they're probably like attracted to that school that they have to go there. You know what I mean? But when the day comes, like you want to keep it open because you never know. You might get like a better opportunity somewhere else and you might know people over there that you really think that you can succeed in that environment. You never want to, you never want to like close off your mind to certain situations. And, you know, whatever route you take, you're going to have a different, maybe a different journey, you know? So it's never a good idea to close an opportunity. It's always great to keep it open and also explore it, explore it, take time, do your research. If you're lucky enough to get accepted within the first, you know, round in a sense, that first early on in December, research, look at your options, go visit, invest and visit in the school, go visit the school, go be there in person, you know, walk around, see if you belong here. Is this the school for me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. These are all important things that one should take in consideration, I think. Mm -hmm. For sure. I mean, so yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about like dental school. So, um, you know, you get the Tufts. What are your initial impressions of there? Did you ever visit it beforehand or no? I came for my interview in person at the time, but it was like literally for a night and I had to leave early the next day. Right. But that's the only school I ever got accepted to. So it was just, you know, that was where I'm going. So, mm -hmm. but tough specifically not being I'm not being biased honestly at all um there's a great sense of community here I think that's a good place to start mm -hmm. you want to have a good community you want to go to a place that has great resources and also instructors that really love what they're doing um and to connect and find those instructors that are really passionate about their craft and I think, you know, I don't really know how other schools do their academics, but we are the only school in the country that as a D1, we have a mind, like body and wellness type class, like a meditation type 
class that's required for us to take. The only school in the country. So not only that, but you're not hit with all your classes all at once. It's like you start anatomy with the mind body wellness class with this other like not elective, but this other sort of elective type class that complements your anatomy course, right? right? You do that for a couple of weeks and then anatomy dies down and starts to wrap up and then you start your next course. You see what I'm saying? So it transitions class into class into class. And then when you got the hang of things, then things slowly start to pick up, but you're ready to handle it. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. I think the system of where, like how the schools are set up is a huge part of your success, right? Because before you had X amount of time, ample time to study for your exams. But now, bro, we have times where we're taking exams every week, if not two a week, plus the competencies for our hands-on work. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So resources in, in, in place if the student so chooses to utilize them mind body wellness meditation there's confidential like private um, meetings you could have with a, a, a staff member here if anything's going like you know difficult in your life or the mental health aspect of things yeah. it's here you know we have that like covered mm-hmm. um i think that's awesome i mean what school has what's the meditation course no no school no school not only that we're extremely diverse Matter of fact, with the the most on paper and obviously person, diverse school in the country. 100%. And why is that awesome? Because you get to meet cultures. Like you're saying, the hospitality aspect of things, right? How can you connect with your patients who are going to be cultured and diverse if you have never met a Persian person, an Asian person? an Indian person, an African person, a Caribbean, a Latin American. You you don't understand what I'm saying? That's a great point. I actually never thought about that. How your own classmates, how your own classmates can shape who you are. 100%. That's where you're talking to a patient. And oh my God, yeah, I've tried that food before. Boom. I've been to Thailand. I've been to, I know someone from Korea. Right. I know how to say a little word in Korean. That one little connect, like when someone speaks your language, even those one word, yeah, like oh, <laughs> man, like, it's like connection, yeah. yeah. So it's a huge investment. I mean, that the opportunity to have the most diverse class in in the whole United States at a professional dental school where you can connect, have the opportunity to connect and get to know different people from all over the the world, right. That's a huge investment. Where are you going to get that at? You know what I mean? So that's another huge plus, right? And then ultimately, Tufts is really known for their clinic mm-hmm. and their pre-clinic and their clinic specifically. And, mm-hmm. and now that I'm here, I see why. The level of excellence that they hold students to is, is, is amazing. Amazing. Our requirements are just where they need to be. You know, they're, they're appropriate. We have the facility. We have everything that we need here. I mean, and also, guess what? No, you call it UG, like the upper grad, you know, the 
residents, like because we have specialties in house, all the specialties are pretty much in house. You can go on different floors and you can ask them, can I shadow? Can I assist on an implant case? Can I assist on a perio case? Can I assist on a pros case or a oral surgery case? Whatever the case may be, you understand what I'm saying? So to have these resources right there, it's a, I mean, it's a huge investment. It's, it's a huge plus. You know what I mean? It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. So from, like I said, from the community to the resources to the institution, all the opportunities, exposure that you're getting, the exposure you're getting alone is is everything, I think. You know what I mean? And at and, and a third year, when you're a third year, you have a course, a business course. Mm-hmm. with one of the most amazing, honest to God, she's she's the best professor. She is not a doctor, but she, her husband, if I'm mistaken, her three, her one of her children, uh, children just graduated but the other two have already graduated and she owns she runs i mean they all, all own practices so firsthand you get to learn about practice management yeah with all the excel software and sheets that you need to navigate your expenses and what you need how much you need to save up yada 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 so they basically like kind of prepping you for private practice when you want to own your own practice or work in it you know on that i mean crazy. again you in that mentality like what it really takes and you start seeing what it takes and yeah. we you don't have time four years is not a lot of time no, not really. it's not at all nothing yeah. every dentist i've talked to is like oh but you're not even gonna be ready to grab it's like bare minute and they're right but you can try to do your best to set yourself up and work extremely hard for a couple of years to be at the very least above average when you graduate yeah. you know what i mean yeah that's important I think. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's crazy. I mean, so where do you see your, like you're, you're a D2 now you're a finishing D2 year. So yeah. So like when you, so in during D3 year, do you have to start applying to residents during that year? Kind of like how college is or the end of your D3 year, you're going to start applying like, it, like it's like your junior year. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Your junior year, you start you start applying to see where you're at, so you could match or not match, but get accepted to um, if you want to go ahead and do. But you start realizing a, a general dentist can do so much nowadays. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like meaning they can if they wanted to do really a lot of things that special she does, but. Do you really want to go do three more years? Like, you know, do you really want to spend like four more years for oral surgery, for example, or like three more years or two more years on top of what you've already done? Maybe. But that's honestly, like like I said, it's a case-by-case basis. Everyone has different uh, visions, different paths, different like goals, you know? Right. So it's important to keep your options open though when you come in. As a pre-dent, be like a sponge, really Get to know everything about everything. See your options. See what you love. See what you're passionate. And don't just go into OMFS because you think it's something special. You know, it's, I mean, it's a great specialty, but don't just go into OMFS because someone's told you or you don't know anything yet. Yeah. Take a second, take a year, two years, maybe, maybe even three years. Some students decide to do it like their last, like, you know, last minute. Yeah. A lot. So that's important to think about. 
I mean, that's crazy. So what, what kind of stuff are you... So was D1... What, when does Tufts put you guys into like clinics or not clinics, but like when do you guys start working on hand skills at Tufts? So your first semester, you have a course called, at least how it's set up right now, Dental Anatomy. That's your first exposure to hand skills, okay? There's a theory portion of Dental Anatomy, but then you also have like three three wax up projects. So you got to start waxing, okay? You wax up different things at different levels of difficulty, different different teeth at different levels of difficulty. But obviously, you're learning about the line, ang- line angles, the, the anatomy of the tooth, what you got to look for. And then you go ahead and replicate you know, what the tooth is supposed to look like. You build it up. So that's your first exposure. Then operative one starts mm-hmm. in the spring. You go on winter break, you come back. That's where you get your high speed, your low speed handpiece, your instruments, all your materials, and boom. You got an X amount of projects to start learning every week. You get introduced to a new project that requires a new, you know, approach. And that's the first set. And then you obviously go into your second year and you do operative two, which for us, operative one is more like class one restoration, class one prep, class one restoration, class two prep, class two restoration, class three prep, same thing. It goes on and on and on and on, on all the preps, all the classes, class one, two, three, four, five. And then a mix of, you know, we do amalgam. We learn how to do amalgam and indirect vision, obviously on different teeth of the mouth to really challenge you and all that stuff. And there's a theory portion as well to that class. There's a, there's a practical and a theory portion. Then you go into operative, operative two. Now we're doing, for us at least, we did like diastema closures, aesthetics, like veneers, preps, rebuilding like a, you know, like a mesial, distal, and occlusal, or building up a mesial, occlusal, and like a lingual cusp right. out of, you know, so it gets more like challenging. Rightfully so. I mean, it has to. Then your spring semester of your second year, which is what I'm finishing up now, you got your complete denture classes, your your uh, removable partial denture classes, your fixed fix profs, implant dentistry. Uh, you have like an ortho class, but we don't really have a project part of that. So, you know, endo, endo's huge. You get into more classes like that and the different epido. Yeah. You know, so it's all of these now that we do. And then we start going into now less than a month in July, we can start seeing patients. And I think one of the, uh, also one of the coolest things that we do have here at Tufts is a big little system. So when you come in as a D1, you have a D2 big, you have a D3 big, right? and you also have a D4 big. Grand Bakers. Like, like a G bit, yeah. And then like, so what happens is you already have sort of someone that can guide you along the way and give you a heads up because the fourth year big, those patients will eventually become your patients under that roster. Yeah. And you can like, you can like shadow in a system while they're doing their stuff, right? Twice on like yeah. different classes, heads up on like which are the difficult classes, the patients, what to expect. So I'm really, you know, I had a great relationship with my big prior to coming into mm-hmm. school, but and they also match you with someone like from your area or maybe, you know, somewhere that you guys connect as well. Like, you know, so it's a great system for support and they help you a lot, especially when you go to a clinic to get you going. Right. I mean, that's, so that's, that's great. Still, I mean, so uh, you're going to see, you're going to be seeing patients 
you said July. So, um, do you know like the process of how that starts up, or like do you have to find your patients? Like, do they just get passed down? What's the deal the logistics of all that? Yeah, I do that right now. Actually, it's pretty cool. Uh, so, like, what is it, June? Yeah, so end of May, early like June, we seen we can see patients on July fifth. Okay. Okay. Right now, what's happening is the fourth year has just graduated. Yeah. So the third years will be event. It's this like weird phase right now. Like the third years are about to be fourth years, and right. second years are about to be third years. So what happens is the fourth years, they pass their patients down to the third years. Now, when you get patients, at least here, we have certain requirements. Let's say like ten crowns we got to do. Like hypothetically. That's not the actual amount, but let's just say for this conversation, 10 crowns hypothetically we have to do, and we got to do, you know, 20 operative procedures before we graduate, for example, and perio and whatever. But those patients will get passed down to the third year, you know, because we got to all graduate. So whatever that, 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 you know, that third year is low on, they'll pretty much keep those patients and then pass down the rest to the second year who has nothing mm-hmm. and get them going. So at least for, and then the whole class is divided into six different group practices, which means like the second floor here at Tufts, the third floor and the fourth floor are like the dental school, like we call it the UG undergrad, like which is dental school or the UG floors. Mm-hmm. That's where we work on our patients. Anything else that we need, like that's more extensive, we send them up to the specialty departments, right? So the whole class of 200 and some change is divided into six different group practices. So two on each floor, mm-hmm. which have their own like head instructors pretty much. But then all the faculty and the different specialties rotate upon these floors to help students on there every day, if that makes sense. Yeah. So we're all divided into different floors, different group practices, we call it. And then, uh, so now I'll have a roster of about, we. I'll start with five. And I believe I can go up to like 35 or, or 30 or 35 patients. But, and that's a lot, honestly. Like, and then obviously if you have patients who don't come, we have this whole system, this protocol that we go by that we can dismiss them if they haven't answered us back, yada, yada, yada. But my point is you can always you know, bring fresh patients in, like new patients. And there's all these opportunities for that, to be honest. So it's a great system. So then I was, right now a patient of like, you have roster of five, just to get me going, you know, because I got to learn Axiom. Like I got to learn the computer. I got to learn some things too that I haven't been really exposed to. So ease our way in. Mm-hmm. And then we can go ahead and, you know, do our thing. So, and this is all up to you. So now we don't have a fixed schedule. We still have certain exams that we got to take in uh, in classes in our third year. But regarding seeing patients, that's on you. You schedule your own patients. You call your own patients. You set them up. Everything is on you. Right. We're not like, I don't know how other schools do it or anywhere else, but nothing is set up for you. Or like assigned. Just... Yeah. So if you're not getting your requirements down in a timely manner, then that's on you and you're not going to graduate. You know what I mean? And mix in your third years, not only are you seeing patients, but you're starting your rotations. You're starting your externship, right? You got to take your boards. This all takes time. 
Yeah. So scheduling really comes into play, strategically planning it, and at the end of the day, just getting it done. Right. And have you seen, so you said D2 could get some patience, right? Depending on what D3s don't need, I guess. Right. Have you seen, have you seen patients already or where are you in that process? Yes. So I've been assisting often. Like I've been in the, my whole mentality right now is I've been a lot on the pre-clin side. I haven't seen patients like as a provider. Right. That's yeah. I haven't seen patients as like a provider yet. So I will be seeing them in July as a provider. Yeah. But my whole mentality is like my brain, I think is so used to right now exams and pre-clin projects that I'm really getting like back to how I was before like dental school in a sense, like the whole assisting and stuff. Yeah. You know, getting that patient interaction back and flowing, which will connect, you know, for me at least is very good and organic, I feel like, but also being extremely curious in the different tabs and buttons and forms that need to be filled out and consents that need to be signed and how the process works because in school is completely everything needs to be yeah monitored yeah. every step needs to be signed off on and they got their own protocol that i would love to get ahead on and start understanding yeah. before i actually see my first like patient you know yeah i think like so many dallas Center from sniper they have this they basically just said like Every little thing that you do there, even if it's like just a check on a patient, you have to like get a variable. So, so like it just takes forever. Like appointment could take like three hours for that reason. Oh yeah, our our appointments are three hours, morning, afternoon, and evening. So you got your nine a.m. to twelve, yeah, one to four, and four thirty to seven. Mm-hmm. So pretty much three hour appointments. Very everything is longer, but you know it's fine because at the end of the day. You could be organized, you can set yourself up, you can do a lot of things, do it well. And three hours, honestly, it seems like a long time, but it's not. If you're learning, you know, half the time you're just like filling out forms. <laughs> yeah, you know? That's true. And then uh you may not feel confident in your hand skills yet. Right. You know what I mean? And it might take you longer to do things. And there's no no shame in that. You know, so that's our system. It's it's at least so far. I mean, obviously, there's a lot more depth into things, and we could talk about it, you know, for hours. To be honest, but I think from a pre dentals perspective, for the school I go to, uh, this is how the system's like set up, you know. And I culture and community is really important. You know what I mean? And you got to be in a place that sets you up for success, right? I think that's that's. I mean, maybe as like a pre-dental, it might be hard to visualize what that is until you step in foot in, into the building and you see some stuff. But like, I guess as best you can. I mean, I, do do you recommend just like looking up the the school's website, kind of getting a feel, or talking to students? I guess is the best way, obviously. But yeah, I mean, even if you get it, like, let's say you're just applying to schools, you want to just be accepted somewhere. Let's say you get like two acceptances. Right. Contact your admissions office, ask questions. Go there in person if you can. And they're more than happy to give you stats. I mean, in our presentation day for our interview, because we have a presentation day, and then we also, it used to be all one day, like when we were in person for interviews, it used to be you have your presentation, and then you have lunch, and then you have your one on one interview, right? 
now it's like a presentation day. But my point is during that day, they told us the graduation race. They told us like what's going on, the diversity in the class. And these things matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So ask the right questions. You, you, I guess you got to know what questions to ask too, because as a people, I didn't know what to like, bro, I just want to get it. <laughs> you know, You're not worried about like, oh, what did you do three year? Yeah. Because honestly, in any school from, you know, the Northeast to the West Coast to down South, we have the same science courses. We're going to learn the same procedures. It's just the systems that are set in place, which school can maximize you as a person. Every person is different, right? Every person is looking for different things. So find what you're looking for, know what you sort of want to do just to get your, you know, curiosity going and your skills going and see what school best is tailored towards you. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the name of the game, I guess. You know, if you, you got to think about like when you graduate too, right? You have a lot of debt. Yeah. I was thinking of podcasts. It was pretty interesting. It was like, the guy was like, I'm very curious to see what this generation of dental students are going to be doing because they have a level of debt that is, has never been experienced before. The dentists working today did not have a debt we have, meaning yeah. how are they going to pay it off? What are they going to do in different ways they're going to navigate to pay this debt off? Yeah. So it all starts from the beginning. It starts from the moment you step into school, what you're doing to invest in yourself, to ultimately do amazing work, take care of your community and your patients at the highest level. Right. And also rightfully so, get compensated for it. So if you go to a well-respected school and your skills are great, there's no reason you should, like the money is a great representation in a sense of what you have to offer, right? Especially when you go in for an associate position. So the name, the respect, I guess, matters at the institution that you go to. Yeah. Go to a very well-respected school. Yeah. So, and that's not easy. Mm -hmm. So, but these are all things to keep in mind. For sure. I mean, this has been great. I mean, I feel like this is like a really good insight. A little different. Usually like when I have, when we talk about dental school and stuff, it's more like step by step by step by step. This has been more of like a... Um, <laughs> yeah. What do, you, what do you call it? I mean, it's just been more of like a real, like, you know, it's, it's just been real, I guess is the way to say it. Um, yeah. I mean, behind, because I mean, yeah, because when you look, when I'm looking at you, right, I, I just see that, oh, you're in tough settle, but I'm not seeing what it took to get there and like how hard it was and all the stuff you went through and like, like that would, it just, it just encompasses the entire, uh, well, what you worked for. You know what I mean? Honestly, I guess I, I was talking to you this way because, I didn't really, I've never really analyzed, analyzed or looked back at why I've spoken like this, but I feel like, I feel like you don't, we don't know why we do things sometimes. Yeah. You know, I feel like you don't know the whole big picture. Yeah. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing these steps for what? Okay. Then I find out later on, but you know, I, from the background I come from and the things that I've been through, I just feel like I can share some things and bring it all together, you know? If this is really for you, and if dentistry is really for you, find out first if it is. Honestly, how? Through working at real offices, getting that exposure, see if it's for you. See if you really love this game, because this is not a team sport. This is an individual sport. It's you and the patient. It's you, your tools, 
I'm not going to be drilling while you're drilling. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's all you. Yeah. It's an individual sport, but you have a community of people that you become close with that are in the same mindset as you, and you guys work together in a sense. Yeah. Right? You build this like community of excellence. So if you're pre-dentally like, watching this, decide that this, is, this field is really for you and you love it. Because there are going to be moments that will test that love for the game. Right. And you're going to have to make a decision that, no, this is really what I want to do. And I'm going to go through these failures. There's a lot of money involved, a lot of time involved, and a lot of adversity involved. And you have to go through all of it. Right. You know what I mean? Because when you're here, you're going to be paying a lot of money. You can't go back, honestly. Because if you leave school, guess what? You're a hundred and some thousand dollars in debt. That's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, for any like, an average person, for me, that's a lot of money as well. Like, so surround yourself with people that are also driven and serious about their business. Have a balance of life as well, but try to do your best to get across that line. Yeah. And once you're there, don't stop running. Be extremely humble, grateful, and hardworking for what you want. You see what I'm saying? And it's really that simple. So, and I say, if I can do it, you can do it. Hundred percent. You know, there's no doubt. Yeah, for sure. Like, this has been a really cool opportunity, too. It's been a great interview. Yeah, it was, it was super cool. I mean, I feel like everyone that listens to this is just going to be like, went through a brick wall after, after they finish. So, <laughs> that's, that's the goal, right? So, I look. Think, yeah, like, my our, my message to Redentals now is just kind of like, ground yourself. Don't look at SDN or Reddit or whatever the hell. Oh, wait. And those are the worst places to get advice. Like, never, never. Ground yourself. Reach out to dental students. You have Instagram, probably. Reach out to dental students. Ask them questions. Ask them real questions. Maybe, like, call them if they were, if you're close to them. Look, and, and build the right connections. Yeah, exactly. Build, con- build genuine connections. Right. Genuine, excuse me, connection with people that can help you get to the next step. Those people for me were literally, remember how I told you that woman at the uh, Barry's Biomedical Master's Program? Yeah. yeah. That woman and the staff and the teachers, the relationship that I built there have got me, have been a huge part of where I am today. Right. Build relationships that matter, that are valuable and that will get you to where you need to be. And honestly, sacrifice everything. If you want to be in this field to get in, Sacrifice all the other sorry for my life, like BS that doesn't contribute to your end result. You shouldn't be doing things that aren't geared towards where you need to be. Ask yourself a simple question before you want to make a decision. Should I study tonight or should I go out tonight? I should probably study tonight because that's going to get me to where I need to be. Everything else can wait. That club will always be there. That event will happen every year. These things will always be there. But this opportunity really is just a window. And I need to really get in. You see what I'm saying? So that takes a level of maturity. And I think all this put together, full circle, you know, I feel like this is everything someone really needs to get in because the resources are there. The programs are on online. You just got to, you know, buckle down and do it. And, And I think that love is really important because you can listen to this interview and hopefully it gives you motivation and, you know, it boosts your, you know, your energy and you, you go through, but there's only so many times you listen to this over and over again or have those phone calls or have those, you got to have the motivation from yourself. That fire has to always be lit. Yeah. You know, you got to be there. And once you go through yourself, 
because of this, hopefully, that's when you'll know, that's when you'll have your foundation. And when you get your foundation, that's just going to make you successful. Yeah, man. And listen, this is not easy. I really was like, game respects game. And I know right now you're, you're applying and that's huge. Like there's so much you have done to get to just this step. Yeah. And you have so much more hopefully coming your way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So lock in, set your priorities. This takes a certain level of maturity. And do not listen to what anyone has to say about what you want. My parents, because of my stress, even they've always supported me. But they're always like, you don't, you don't gotta do like, you know, this. Even bro, look at this. Actually, I have this like on my dude, this letter. It says my name on it. It's like my mom. She slipped this in like underneath my door after my first EAT I took. I didn't talk to anyone for a month, bro. I was so upset. Like, but I still keep this there because a reminder. Hundred percent. That's crazy. You still have that. Still have it. Yeah. So long. It was, she's like three, three in the morning, very worried. But my whole point is like they've also seen the what this has done to me at certain moments, and but I still wanted it. Right. So don't block out all the unnecessary stuff. Stay locked in. Stay focused. Don't worry about temporary money like job and stuff. There are always ways to get loans. There are loans you got to pay it back, but you're in a field that thankfully you can pay it back. So get to the finish line. It's a process. 100% every day. And, you, and listen, it builds self-confidence. Yeah. Because guess what? When you're here, you're going to need as much, like, obviously, be, always stay humble, but be extremely confident in who you are and what your identity is and what you're all about. Mm -hmm. Never be ap ap apologetic because you are who you are. You're doing the right thing. You got a good head, head on your shoulders. Right. And that's all that matters. You know, if you make mistakes, you learn from them. And you try not to do it again. Right. Right. So always being humble allows you to learn more and gain more knowledge and be more curious and build great relationships and be great at what you do. So it all comes full circle. Just because you see it, you don't see it now doesn't mean you won't understand why it happened later. Yeah. So be be around long enough to understand why things happen. And you look back and like, oh, I see. Yeah. And that's just the name of the game, I guess, right? So, whatever it's fine. I mean, dude, thanks for coming on. It's been like really eye-opening, just refreshing to get this perspective that you have. And um, that's awesome. Yeah, so, Omi, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, while we talk soon, I'm thinking we're going to talk soon. 100%. We'll talk, <laughs> talk tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>